What's up, guys? Today on the show, we're going to be talking to a former Boise State basketball player. He's now a professional basketball player. We're going to learn his journey, uh, learn about you know club basketball when he was playing AAU, what, what high school basketball was like in Texas, you know his experience here at Boise State, talk about some of his favorite games, some of the things that his, his teammates taught him during his journey here. We'll also get to learn about the year that he had after college where he wasn't playing professionally, where he was trying to recover and get back in uh, playing condition and what that was like, as well as his first year overseas and what we can expect from him. And don't miss it. We'll also be talking about some of the positive influences in his life, including some of the women, because this is launching right before Mother's Day in 2022. You don't want to miss this episode of the Game Time Guru. So what time is it? Game time. This is the Game Time Guru podcast where I interview sports figures from all over the world to help deliver a panoramic view on sports. So whether you're a former athlete, one of the crazies, or simply a casual sports fan, this is the perfect show for you as we peel back the curtains and learn from our guests every single week. I'm your host, Shane Larson, and I'm helping you see sports through a different lens. What's up, everyone? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I am your host, Shane Larson. Excited to be here with a, another guest for another interview, another week gone down. Almost five and a half years we've been running this show, guys. I appreciate all the support. Like I've said before, say it every single week. I just appreciate anybody who has listened, who has followed me on social media, who's left me a review on the podcast, whatever it may be. If this is your first time listening, I appreciate you guys uh, taking the time to listen to the interview and learn from our guest. Um, with that being said, I just ask that if you are listening to this on an Apple device, please leave me a review. It takes 30 seconds or less to, to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you go to the Apple Podcast app and you're listening to it there, just leave me a quick review. That helps the, the show get out to more and more people. That's how we've been able to reach 95 countries. Our goal is 100 by the end of 2022. And I think we're going to reach that goal so long as the supporters, you guys, continue to help out. So today, very special episode. I'm going to be interviewing... Like I said in the introduction, as you guys heard before, um, former Boise State basketball player, someone who's playing at the professional level, doing his thing, taking his talents to the next level, and we're going to learn about his story, his journey, what it takes, and everything. So this is a perfect episode for parents, athletes, you know, trainers, whomever, um, who are trying to make it to the next level. We're going to learn from him. His name is Alex Hobbs. So Alex, thanks so much for joining the show, brother. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So first and foremost, man, we, we know the, the people in the Treasure Valley of Idaho know that you played at Boise State. You had a, a pretty dang successful career while you were here uh, at, at BSU. Um, but let's rewind the clock and, and allow the listeners who are not from the Treasure Valley and not from Idaho and maybe not even from your hometown. Maybe these are, this is the first time they're hearing of your name. Let's rewind the clock and get to know Alex Hobbs outside of just basketball. Let's talk about you and your, your upbringing, where you were from um, and kind of what what got you into the sport of basketball? What made you decide to kind of like focus on that one as you move forward? Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, I'm uh, from LaPorte, Texas, um, pretty much born and raised. I was born in like the next town over really, but um, lived here my whole life. And um, uh, really uh, I, I started playing basketball because uh, my dad's a basketball coach at the, uh, the high school here, here in LaPorte was an assistant coach for um, 30 years. So I actually just retired and in, in 2020. So, um, but, um, yeah, growing up, I mean, it was, it was, it was fun. I, cause you, you know, I would, I would go to school and, um, you know, starting from kindergarten on when after school, uh, he would just come pick me up. And so I was in the gym with, with him and, you know, his teams and, um, you know, the varsity teams and stuff. He was a, a freshman coach at the time. Um, and then ended up working his way up to, to JV and, 
Um, so yeah, it, it was fun, man. I mean, but uh, that's kind of grew up. Uh, I had a brother, um, and you know, how, you know how that sibling rivalry uh, rivalry can get. You know, you kind of go back and forth. But um, that's kind of how I got the ball in my hands at an early age was just being around that. And um, you know, I always say it was funny because uh, you know my dad loves basketball, but he was never one to really kind of force me to play or, or you know, kind of kind of push me in that type of way. It was just kind of something that um, I think happened naturally just because I was around the game so much and then um, just. Being, a, being around it so much, and then it kind of became my thing, and I kind of just fell in love with it. I love that, man. I love that. So a question for me, like I always – like what stood out to me was that you were a six-four guard, right, in college, right, six-foot-four, could handle the ball, understood all that. Uh, here in Idaho, I coach basketball, the 17-year-old at the club level, 17-year-old kids at the club level, so like AAU basketball. Sure. We're traveling around and stuff. It's 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 odd. I don't know if you you got a glimpse of this while you were here, but – in Idaho, it's very rare for like six foot four guards to be here. I think that's crazy to say, but like, yeah. I, I always told people I'm six foot two, grew up playing ball my whole life, and I was a small guard. And they were like, "What?" Because in Idaho, right. like, if you're six four or six five, you're playing in the post, like you're yeah. a center. Um, yeah. But I like so when I see guys and we go and play like in tournaments, California, Vegas, wherever, we see these dudes that are six six, six seven, they're handling the ball. But like six foot four, you should be able to handle the ball, and you were able to do that. So I always kind of. I always, I always looked up to you in that regard because you were a, a, a decent sized guard who could handle the ball. But I want to, I want to know, were you always six foot four? Like when did you hit your peak height? Was it in high school? Like, did you already hit that height or were you like Anthony Davis who went from like what? Six, two to six, 10 in a, in a one year span basically. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, growing up, I was, I was always, um, you know, one of the tallest in my classes and, and kind of in my grade, um, not always the tallest, but, um, yeah. I mean, I think in junior high, which, uh, you know, I don't know if it's different in Idaho, but like out here in Texas, junior high is kind of just seventh and eighth grade. And then um, it's sixth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And so, um, yeah, I was kind of always one of the tallest. But once we started playing like school, I, I played AAU, you know, uh, for sure. But um, like once we kind of hit school ball um, in, in seventh grade and eighth grade, too. Um, yeah, I was about I think seventh grade. I was I was about five, six, five, seven. And then eighth grade, I was about about five, eight, five, nine. So around that, that same kind of height. But. Uh, I was always playing a guard, you know, I think, um, I, like I said, I wasn't always the tallest. And then I started playing AAU in fifth grade. And so you kind of got to see like there were some of those kids, you know, especially being in Texas, such a big state and Houston, such um, really is just a great place for basketball. Honestly, man, a lot of talented guys come, come from the Houston area for sure. But um, you would see kids, you know, when we were in fifth grade, 10, 11 years old, six, four, six, five already. So. Um, and I, I kind of knew that that I was going to be around this height. You know, my, my brother ended up being about six foot six one. And, you know, they kind of always say the youngest one ends up being taller. But um, the, so the doctor kind of always said I was going to be about six, three, six, four, just because uh, I kind of got my height from from my mom's side where my grandpa, he was about six, two, six, three. So um, we kind of always figured I, I would be about six, three, six, four. And so, um, like I said, with my dad being a basketball coach. I think there's some there's some similarities there too, right? Because even in Texas, you know, guys that are six four, six five are kind of post players. But like I said, since there's so much talent, you know, and um, you, you get guards like that, like are six four, six five, and just have been guards their whole life, maybe because we've also played with guys that are six eight, six seven when we're right. 14, 13 years old. So you know what I mean? So it kind of both were there, but um, that's kind of how it was. I've always kind of played the guard position, and um, I, I could play the post as well. They kind of put me down there um in junior high a little bit and then even in high school we did a lot too um more so just because I, I had a size advantage on other guards but also it was a 
kind of a strategic thing too, because I, I saw a lot of boxing ones my, my high school career for oh, sure. I bet so, you did. Um, kind of a strategic thing there as well. So I, I think I have a pretty decent post game as well. But um, that's kind of how it started. I mean, I think it was just like I said, it was kind of natural, and, and I had the ball in my hands a lot just growing up, even before I started really taking it serious and, and kind of working on my game. You know, that was it was a hobby for me. Like I'm, you know, after school finish my homework in my dad's office and then it's like all right let's go watch these guys practice you know what I mean and I had the ball in my hand shooting around dribbling it whatever so when it was time to really kind of take it serious and kind of take that next step in my development it was like you know I already kind of had a natural feel for the ball and, and, and that was just kind of the position that I grew up playing my whole my whole life I think that's super interesting that's awesome actually um a couple of things to dissect there you saw a lot of boxing ones that's like the ultimate you know, flex, you know what I mean? Like if you yeah. see a lot of boxing ones, that means you're doing something right. That's just, that's funny. Like it's a, it's basketball terminology. So for those who are listening that are sports fans, but might not understand basketball, if someone has a lot of boxing ones, just understand that that means they were, they're a really good player. And uh, <laughs> the defense has to strategically put something in place specifically for that individual. So when right. Alex just said that, that means, yeah, like he was the, he was the target. He was the, he was the star of the film sessions that they were going through uh, leading up to those games. So, um, with that being said, I wanted to dissect something else too. You, you've referenced a couple of times. Dad was a coach, right? Dad was a, a basketball coach growing up with that. Um, what do you think was probably one of the biggest, I guess, lessons you learned from your dad that you helped, that, that helped you, like, I guess that you implemented into your, your career as going into high school and starting to realize like, okay, I want to take my game to the next level, but what being around your dad, what lesson did you learn that you could maybe share with the rest of us? Yeah, I think just, um, you know, it's just important to, to, to be who you are, right? And, and just, you know, treat everybody the same and just be a good person. Because I think, you know, um, growing up, as like I said, I, I was around the basketball program, but also, you know, it put me in a position to be around, you know, kids older than I was, you know what I mean? So I got to see a lot of kids, um, you know, do the right things, or I got to see a lot of kids, you know, not get to finish their high school basketball career because things they did off the court or maybe – um, mistakes that they made just just here and there, you know what I mean? And so um, I think the biggest thing I could take from him is just, like I said, just just being yourself and, and, and being a good person because uh, I think when you look and see the track record of, you know, guys that have come from my city um, or just the Houston area in general um, that make it on ways, they're good people as well, as long as, you know, as well as being, you know, good basketball players and whatever it is. And um, that, yeah, I probably say that's one of the biggest things I learned from him just because, you know, it's, it's, especially when, when I come back home and I get out here, it's always, hey, how's your dad doing? He was my favorite coach. He was my favorite teacher, this, this, and it, you know, different kind of things like that. And so um, that always meant a lot to me, especially growing up and, and probably even more so now, you know, just being able to look back at it and, and you know, like I got to kind of experience that with my dad, but also understanding that, okay, it's not just bias. You know, I know he's my dad, you know, I love him, but, you know, a lot of people love him, do, love him as well. And, um, you know, think he's a really good coach and, and enjoyed their time for him. And he meant a lot to, to a lot of other people besides me. So um, that's definitely probably the biggest thing I, I'd probably take from him, just going through that whole the whole experience with him. That's so sick, man. I think that's so cool. Be yourself. I think everybody who's listening needs to take notes on that, what Alex just said. Alex just referenced what, you know, his dad taught him, like, be yourself. Like, be yourself, be authentic, um, and be a genuine person. Like, just be a good, be a good human being. You know what I mean? I think that's... Mm-hmm. It's easier Absolutely. said than done nowadays, it seems like, but be right. a good person. <laughs> um, right. You referenced the fact that you played in AAU as well, um, and that's a topic of discussion I've had a couple of times on the show. Now, like talking to you, Alex, and seeing you know where you're at now, I want to kind of ask you, I, I want to get your your insight on this because I coach at the, the club level 
Um, I find that that it can be super beneficial for the development, depending on the club. But like, I feel like it can be super good for the development and the exposure of an athlete and their overall growth as an athlete. Um, as, as long as they're in the right situation, but did you feel like, I mean, you played high school basketball in Texas, so that already kind of is amplified compared to maybe in Idaho. Idaho doesn't get a lot of recruiting and exposure out of the high school level, but at the club level they do. Um, but did you feel like, I just wanted your insight on AAU basketball. Did you feel like that was helpful for you? Did you get, did you feel like it was more helpful for exposure than maybe high school basketball, even in Texas, or how did that whole thing mix for, for you? Right. Yeah. I think like you said, yeah, being in Texas, um, we do get a little little bit more looks from from high school. And I think um, there can be a little bit uh, more connections there. I think you see some some high school basketball coaches in Texas end up, um, you know, getting college jobs, maybe, you know, here and stuff like that. Um, definitely AAU is still, you know, the premier way to, to, to get exposure, even, even being in Texas, too. So, um, yeah, I found it really helpful. I think you kind of hit it on the head, though, when, when you kind of, you know, started the question is, uh, you know, it has to be the right situation. You know what I mean? I think uh, AAU has kind of become something that uh, can be really good or it can be really, really bad. You know, and if you kind of get stuck in between that, that in between, maybe with the wrong program or um, maybe the people, the, uh, the head of the program kind of has the wrong idea or even, you know, some guys can get caught up in, in being in the wrong situation for themselves. Maybe they want to go um, play on a team with a bigger name or, um, they're not as comfortable playing on a team with, um, less, lesser talent or anything, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, um, I think it's about finding the right fit for you. You know what I mean? So, so my AAU experience was, you know, I kind of, I grew up and my first, you know, from, from fifth grade on to, um, to, uh, uh, what was it? going into my junior year. So about, you know, six, seven years, I played on, on one team and uh, we were a real local team. So all my, you know, some, um, some of my best friends, you know, to this day, like God are going to be in my playing one day, you know what I mean? But we just kind of grew up playing together and, and we, we stuck it out. And so we were a real local team from, from LaPorte basically, you know, playing against, you know, Houston area guys and, um, you know, some of the other bigger AAU programs around here. But um it helped me a lot. And then, you know, the, really the truthfully, the only reason I, I, uh, I left was just because, you know, I needed to start um, branching out and, and getting some more exposure. So um, I think it's just a, but I, I don't, I think it would have been different if I played on a, cause I, I had opportunities to play on other teams, maybe bigger teams while I was growing up playing with, you know, some of my, my local guys and my friends, but um, you know, I don't know if it, it would have been as beneficial for me because, you know, I, maybe I could have been a guy that got, um, you know, stuck at the bottom of, of the rotation on some of those other teams or maybe just, uh, you know, politics made it maybe have, could have played a part in that. Or, um, you know, maybe my development, my development would have been different because I always say that was a big part of my development as well, because, you know, I got to be the guy at a really young age, you know, playing on those teams and being the best player and seeing other kind of defensive coverages. And, you know, I think that was what's really, really best for my for my development, you know, because um, it allowed me to just kind of, like I said, be the guy for so long that. Um, whenever I got to high school, I was ready for it. And then, you know, in college, after I got done paying my dues in my last two years there and whatever situation came up, you know, I was I was ready to be the guy on, on any given night. So um, I think AAU can be really, really helpful, but I think you hit it on the head for sure, man. It just depends on the situation and it has to be the right situation. You know what I mean? And so I, I ended up leaving um, for my last two summers. I played on a team that, um, you know, ended up traveling a little bit more. And then my final summer, which is, I guess you kind of say the summer I kind of blew up a little bit. Um, I ended up playing on a team called Texas Pro, one of the premier programs in Texas and in Houston. And uh, we played on, you know, Adidas Gauntlet and stuff. I played with some really good players. And 
Um, you know, uh, I played with Jared Allen, you know, that plays for the, the Brooklyn, got drafted to, to Brooklyn, you know, now he's on the Cavs. And so um, he was the number one center in the country at that time. So, um, you know, every game and at every live period, we were playing in front of Coach K, you know, Mark, all, everybody. Yeah, I saw everybody. I think the only coach I didn't see, and me and my dad kind of had a little game, like tracking it. The only coach I don't think I got to play in front of that last summer was uh, Tom Izzo. But everybody else, you know, I got to play in front of. So yeah, I think it was time in, in my development and in, in my career kind of get more exposure. It worked out. It worked out pretty well because I ended up with um, some pretty good offers coming coming out of high school. So, but uh, yeah, I think AAU can be can be really helpful, man. You just kind of kind of have you got to find your way into the right situation and, and stick with it. Totally, man. That's that's super cool, man. You get you could pretty much play bingo like with the <laughs> coaches that you you got to see and had exposure right. to. Um, it's interesting, Alex. I was talking to Trey Moses a couple couple weeks ago here on the show and he played at ball state he's now playing professionally overseas in australia but he um played at ball state but what's funny to me i, I thought he was because he was a dominant post all through college he, he put up big numbers like he's actually pretty solid um i just assumed he had tons of offers coming out of high school he actually said it wasn't until his senior year playing club ball he had zero offers and then he had one stretch of club basketball it was like a four-week span of time where he kind of like blew up he had 12 offers after that four week span it was because right. of club ball what he, he said he did really well in high school played extremely well but he didn't have offers it wasn't until club that he actually kind of like expanded and, and, and blew up and he ended up playing d1 so it's right. just kind of interesting to hear from guys like yourself and, and him and anyone who's kind of like made it to that next level to to see how you know club ball impacts them i've never heard somebody say anything negative about it uh, but i love the insight as far as like making sure it's the right situation you know what i mean right. and, and being able to take advantage of those you know, going to Boise State, I, I always wondered though, like, out of out of all the schools, what what like was going like? What made you go to Boise? Like, what made you come to Boise, Idaho? And had you ever been to Idaho before? Is my question. Yeah, um, I'd been to Idaho one time before. Uh, so my dad's side of the family is actually from Idaho, from Salmon, Idaho. Uh, oh, salmon. Okay. okay, so you're yeah. in small town, Idaho. Okay, yeah, yeah. I visited there back in 2008. I remember with uh, my brother, my grandpa, and my dad. We took a uh, took a road trip up there uh, to kind of see my, my great aunts and everything. And so um, I remember it was like, it was 2008, like around uh, the Olympics. I remember we watched, you know, Usain Bolt and all that um, up there. And so that was the only time I'd, I'd really been through Idaho. I'd probably driven through there a couple other times because we used to do uh, like family vacations and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that, I, I'd only been there, you know, that one time, but um, the biggest thing for me uh, in like Boise State wise is just uh, was Coach Anderson. Um, he, he was huge. You know, he started recruiting me. He was the first one, one of the first ones um, to really start recruiting me. Like I said, in that little, you know, mine was kind of, it wasn't quite as short as four weeks. It was kind of that, that whole summer. So, um, you know, about three months, three and a half months, but he was one of the first ones to kind of jump on board. And, um, you know, he actually ended up offering me the, my first scholarship offer ever. And um, I just remember, you know, him, him telling me that like, uh, you know, I'm kind of I'm kind of going out on a limb here because, you know, Coach Rice and at the time Coach Linder, Coach Really, you know, all those guys hadn't even seen me play yet. It was just him, you know, at the time that he offered me. So um, that made a lot to me that he kind of uh, was one of the first ones to kind of believe in what I could do and, and believe that I could do uh, some special things at the next level. And so um, loyalty kind of played a, a big part in my decision to come to Boise because I ended up, like I said, blowing up a little bit. And um, I had some pretty good offers. I pretty much had an offer from from every conference in the country which was really cool. You know, I ended up having a couple big 12 offers, Oklahoma, Baylor, um, Kansas State. U of H was 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 uh, 
was really high on my list. And then even some other Mountain West, like San Diego State and Fresno State and um, a couple other Midwest schools like Butler and Creighton. And um, I had like a, uh, I had Wake Forest. So I had some some offers kind of all over the place. And um, I think I, I pretty much narrowed it down to, uh, to U of H, Boise State, Kansas State. Uh, what was my, Texas A&M. And um, what was my, I can't even, I think, uh, I can't even remember it to me. I might've been Creighton or one of the, one of those schools in the Midwest, but um, loyalty was, it was a big factor for me. And um, when I came on my visit, it was kind of like, you know, like I said, it, it was, it was 2008 since I'd been there. So, and it was kind of a different area, you know, Sam, like you yeah. said, being such a small, small town. And um, yeah, I just got to see the area and, and just kind of fell in love with the whole place and, and the program and what coach Rice's vision was for the program moving forward. And, and for me as an individual and um, yeah, loyalty played a big part of my decision though. Sure. Dude, loyalty hard to come by these days. So props to you for that. I do remember when when uh, they landed you, um, and we we had seen some of the the offers that had been going out. We're like, how the hell? Like <laughs> it was just it was wild. It's like, okay, well we got some. Like here's the thing. I've been here my whole life, right? And I I grew up in the days of like Roberto Bergerson. I'm not sure if you know the name, but Roberto yeah, Bergerson was like a big name. Great guy. Yeah, Berto, Berto was my guy back in the day. I was fourth and fifth grade when he was playing at Boise State. Then he gets drafted oh, yeah, in the yeah. NBA. So, like, he was my idol growing up. That was when For Boise sure. State basketball was wild, dude. Like, they were so – like, it, the place was packed, you know, every yeah. single game. And uh, so, like, then they went through this, like, spur. They went through a couple little rivets of, you know, good good teams in, like, some some low years. But right. then to see, like, good talent like yourself start coming back, we're like, oh, we can actually get good talent again. Oh, what, what's going on? So, that's why we were so – like, we were kind of, like, just more surprised in a good way uh, when when we saw your name get landed and there's been some good names. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to crap on anybody else who's been here. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I still hoop with some of the guys around here. So everyone's been solid, but like, yeah, we don't, it's not every day that you see that coming through, but um, in Idaho and your, your experience at Boise state, you, you played very well, especially like the last two years, like Kenny, what you were saying that you became more of a vital role, um, yeah. a vital piece to the offense and so forth. And you were a leader on the team. Um, I would like to ask, like, what was the biggest transition between high school basketball in Texas and college basketball, the Division One level, even at Boise State in the Mountain West, right? What What was the biggest transition? Did you feel like, was it the physicality of the game? Um, what were your guys' practices like? I mean, a lot of guys want to know, like, what's Leon Rice doing over here? Like, is it, is it like, what are the, what are the practices like? What's the vibe like? Is it, is it super physical, like a day in the life of a student athlete? I just want to kind of pick your brain on that. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's funny because, you know, like I said, I, I, I played, you know, AAU basketball with, with a one and done, you know, $100 million basketball player. Uh, everybody on our team was was Division One basketball players. You know, um, we all, you know, had pretty solid careers. And, you know, one of my friends was all-time leading scorer at Texas State. Like, so, and uh, one another, another guy, you know, just finished, DeAndre Williams just finished up at Memphis. Um, and so, we, you know, we had a really good team and we were around really good talent, but, um, you know, it, it's different when you get to the college level, you know what I mean? It, it speed is faster, um, the physicality of it, but, but also mentally too, you know what I mean? You know, coming out of high school, you know, it's, you to make it to the, to, to that, to that division one level, you know, um, it takes hard work and, and you have to work hard. And so you, you're ready for that kind of aspect. But, um, you know, even then as, as hard as you work, you know, just being a high school kid is different than being a college kid and, and, and going through college athletics because 
it's just you, you you're not quite mentally ready for for what's to come because even at the high school level like i said we're working hard and we're doing things but even then we might take lapses you know might not yeah. necessarily take a day off but um so it's, it's it's not necessarily the the hard work but it's the consistency of the hard work and and, and the type of level that you have to do it at and um so yeah it's 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 a big physical ask you know um kind of kind of um making that jump unless you know you know some guys are you got a couple physical freaks that are already maybe already have college ready bodies and stuff like that you know right. but um I, I would say it's it's just as big mental as it is physical because like i said it's not necessarily that you haven't worked that hard it's just the consistency of it right and maybe the length of it as well so um yeah i mean in high school we would practice for around the same time as we did in college but obviously you know a, a little less intense um, not as physical, right? Because I, I, you know, you're not, you know, you get to this level and it's six tens everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so. Um, but I would say that was that. That's the biggest thing, you know, making that jump from 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 high school to college is just uh, mentally being able to to just just you know work that hard for that long. You know, that's just something that you're you're, you're not used to um, mentally, but also physically. So your body will break down on you. You know, especially that that first summer, and then. But but once you kind of get over that hump, is it just becomes, you know, another thing that you have to deal with. Like we, we were lucky enough to have great facilities, great trainers, and things that we could do for for recovery. But um, that initial jump is, is definitely tough. It, it can be definitely definitely wear you out for sure. Oh man, I bet I bet that's it, it can be tough, man. Like it's just I love that you mentioned the mental grind of it. Just it's a lot, but every day it's a lot it's not you can't right. take lapses you can't take those mental breaks very very frequently when you're a collegiate athlete at least at that level for that matter yeah. that's that's wild um if you had a memory to choose out of your boise state career um what would what would be your favorite memory uh, that mm. you would take away from from being a bronco yeah that's, oof. that's tough man um there's there, there's a bunch I, I really enjoyed it for sure um man that's uh that's tough. I, I mean, there, there's a couple for sure. Obviously, uh, sophomore year at Oregon, you know, Lexus, Lexus hits the half court to win and break their their whatever. 50, I think it was like 54, whatever home home win streak at the time. That, that was man, that was crazy. You know, I still get chills thinking about that one for sure. Um, the funny part about that is um, you can see me like on film. Like I, I thought he was going to kick it up to Chandler or, or me, you know, he's, he's pushing the ball up the court and you can see me kind of like this and Chandler the same way is kind of like this, like, and then all of a sudden he just pulls it and, you know, the rest is history for sure. So that's, that's, that's definitely one of them. Uh, Chandler's game winner, uh, my freshman year um, at home was against Colorado state was huge too. You know, he takes on it and jumps on uh, on the scores table when uh, Nick Dunk is jumping on the scores table, the crowd's going crazy. So um, that that was another one for sure. And, and uh, you know, senior year beating BYU at home was big for sure. I that was I remember that one because um, you know that was just kind of a grinded out game for us, and it was kind of not necessarily a make or break point in our season, but. Um, it was kind of one of those points where you could go either way. You know, we we had done some good things, but not consistently enough to be where we had wanted to be at that time. You know, and so to get a, a quality opponent like BYU to come in, especially um, a team that we kind of consider a rival. You know, I remember, you know, not to throw shade at the football team. You know, those are my guys, too. But they they had lost to, to BYU that year, too. So guys were kind of, you know, I felt like the city was kind of looking for us to, to, to make that up and, and get that win, especially being at home. So. 
um, that that was a great memory too, for sure. And those are all like everything you're saying. I'm I'm playing it back in my head. That's super dope. I was I talked to Justinian Jessup last year on the show at some point. It was a little over a year ago, and he he referenced yeah. the Oregon game too. I don't think anybody yeah. who was in that program would like say otherwise. That that Oregon game was yeah. wild. Um, I asked him this question. I want to ask you it too, though. At Oregon, that court is disgusting. Okay, mm. but I want to know from a player's perspective because like I'm all I'm all for having a sick court. You know, like I think it's I love having like design. I don't like boring courts but like right. Oregon to me is disgusting i think it's too much and you can't yeah. even see the freaking court but as a player did that ever affect you playing on that court yeah um no no i and um you know i thought it might because like you said watching it on film and, and watching it on tv is kind of you know it's, it's yeah it's just it, it, it can it can get to you for sure but um i think playing on it, it it was okay i think the biggest thing was the out of bounds lines were like really really bright and I think that kind of that kind of cleared everything up, you know what I mean? Because they have so much, you know, like I said, with their design uh, on the court, so it can get kind of tricky. But um, for me, I feel like you know, um, it, it, as long as the out of bounds lines are, are pretty clear and pretty and you know, pretty uh, pretty bright and on a court like that, I think I'll be all right. But it is funny because you 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 think like that, right? Like uh, I remember watching film definitely. We we talked about it, you know, in the locker room and. Um, you know, outside of practice and stuff about how it would be playing on the court. And so it was, um, yeah, it, it can kind of get to you. But once you get to the court and like I said, we get to shoot around and do different things like that, um, you kind of get used to it. And then, you know, we played there, you know, three times, you know, so um, or really maybe uh, maybe all four years we played. I think, yeah, I think all four years we actually played there. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head either. I think so. I think all four years we ended up playing there. And in junior year, we actually played them twice because that's when they returned the, the home game. But um, yeah, it, it can get trippy. It can get really, really trippy on film for sure. Okay. Now that's interesting. I, and I think a lot of people, I've talked to a lot of friends, so I know there are people out there that think the same thing. And so I'm glad that you answered that as a player, you just go out there, you play your game. I'm sure it's just like, yeah, you just get used to the, to the atmosphere and yeah. it's basketball, basketball is basketball, but like it yeah. does look freaking yeah, it's 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 wild on camera at least. But I'm sure people say the same thing about the blue turf. I mean, I've played on yeah, the blue yeah, turf my whole absolutely. life. Like it is what it is. Like you come out there and you just play football. You know, some guys will use excuses. Oh, they get lost in there when they're wearing blue jerseys. Now, nah, dude, just play the game. It's the right. same field, it's hundred yards. So yeah. here's the next thing. Uh from your college experience, you had a lot of teammates. You referenced a few of them just a minute ago. You're talking about Lexus, you're you're, you're talking about Chandler, you're talking about those guys. I know there's, they're all your brothers, so I'm not going to say, you know, to choose one or the other, but like, if you had like a teammate that you looked up to, I know you were a leader yourself, but if there was a teammate throughout your career at Boise State, throughout your college career, that you could pick one major lesson they taught you that you could share with us that maybe we could say, hey, to be a good teammate, you need to be doing this. Like, who was somebody that stood out to you and what they teach you uh, as you played alongside them? Right. Um, yeah. Like you said, man, I mean, it's, um, I had a lot of friends that uh, that that played Division One and just played basketball in general. And so, um, just talking to them, you know, about some of their experiences, you know, kind of made me realize how lucky we really were to be, you know, at Boise with with our specific group of guys. Because, um, like you said, it, it is a brotherhood, you know. And there there's some programs around the country and just other places that, you know, maybe those players don't mesh and, and it doesn't end up being like that. But um, for us, yeah, I mean, so I, I could go down the list probably with every teammate that I ever played with and, and, and give you an example of, you know, what kind of effect they had on me, man. And so um, it was just great to be able to play, you know, with, with so many great guys, you know what I mean? But um, I think two that that maybe stick out or just kind of two that popped up on my head like right away um, 
probably James Reed and Marcus Dickinson, you know, so, so James Reed for me was, was kind of, um, you know, he was kind of, kind of big brother, kind of mentor for me and, and me still is to, to, to this day, like I said, you know, just this, uh, this brotherhood that we kind of built is, is special for sure. But, um, I remember coming in as a freshman and, you know, James Reed was a senior after sitting out red shirt, you know, from Little Rock. And so, um, man, I mean, what, what didn't he teach me? You know what I mean? It, it was one of those things. And, um, the, the, the biggest thing I got from him is just kind of how hard you have to work. But um, so it was it was just that it was that, you know, that reiteration of like I mentioned earlier with my dad about being yourself, man, because that's what he was. He was just so genuine and he never let any situation, you know, on or off the court kind of affect him. And so, um, you know, seeing him go through that and like I said, him kind of being my mentor and kind of getting to pick his brain and, 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 you know, every day and being around him and getting to compete against him and with him and, um, you know, that was really big for me because uh, he was just his genuine self every single day and, and never let anything, any up, any down, never let anything affect him. You know, and, and Marcus Dickinson, same way. That dude, um, I mean, probably one of the most selfless dudes I, I've ever been around in my life. Basketball, outside of basketball, whatever you want to say, man, like whatever the team needed. He would do whatever you needed as a, as a person, whatever, man. Like, you know, he, he was somebody that could always rely on you know coaches always say or they always um kind of make that joke you know if i had to take such and such player to to dark alley you know who blah, blah, blah. like you know obviously i like i said i feel blessed enough to say i could take every single one of my teammates every single guy i played with but you know marcus dickinson that's that's a junkyard dog right there man and, and that's um so so i mean shout out to him for sure that's my guy you know um but he was just like i said so so selfless man you know i think if you look at his career he had moments where he hit big shots, had moments where you probably didn't even see him on a stat sheet, but he guarded the other team's best players. You know what I mean? I, I, I remember senior year or I think it was junior year uh, when Justin James was still at Wyoming. I don't I don't know, you know, the exact stat, but it was something crazy. Like over the two games we played against him, he held him to like three for 30 or something like some crazy number. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, ended up being a draft pick. I believe he's still in the NBA, too. So. Um, it's just like whatever we needed, you know, Marcus Dickinson did it and, and he was just one of the most selfless guys. And so um, I, I learned a lot from him about um, just just how to do certain things. And, and just I learned a lot about myself, too, in, in ways that I could become more like him and be more selfless. So for sure, those are probably two names that stick out. I love that, man. I appreciate you even mentioning that because, you know, a lot of Boise State fans might be like, oh, well, Hutchinson, like they're, they're looking at like the like big names that, that are doing this, but like. Those names right there, and I love the reason why. I think that's that's the biggest piece, like, is the reason why. And I hope the listeners here, if you're an athlete currently, if you're someone I coach, whoever it is, take notes on that, like why they were good teammates, what what they did to to amplify and and help Alex in his journey. You know what I mean? So, you know, Alex, after college, um, a lot of guys are trying to figure out what they want to do. Do they, they want to play professionally? Do they want to go overseas? Do they want to try to make the NBA? There's, you know, the NBA, we always discuss it. Like, the NBA, it's it's obviously everyone's goal is to play in the NBA if you're a hooper, uh, most likely if you're trying to play at the professional level. But the reality is the NBA, it's that very few people get to actually play in the NBA. Uh, they've got veterans. There's a, there's a very limited amount of space for a lot of those guys. And then the Absolutely. G League is an opportunity. But even then, it's very difficult. Absolutely. There are so many good hoopers that play overseas. There yeah. are amazing hoopers. So yeah. I want to kind of get to know, you know, your decision, you know, what was going on in your mind to play professional basketball and what that's that that whole transition has been like yeah um yeah my i think my my kind of journey i guess you could say was was a little different um just because of the injuries that i kind of dealt with 
you know, my last two years at Boise, I was actually playing, you know, on a, on a pretty, pretty rough ankle injury. And that kind of uh, affected me a little bit. Um, obviously, physically, all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think it caused me to be a little bit not as consistent as I want to be, as I wanted to be. And um, I don't think it, it allowed me to be the type of player that I could have been. But um, I'm grateful that, that I was still able to finish and come up, you know, with the same guys that I came in with and still, like you said, do, do some really good things. And I'm definitely proud of the career that I, that I was able to put together for sure. So, um, but it, I think, I think, uh, you know, my start playing professionally was a little bit different just because I was coming off those injuries. And so um, at the end of 2020, you know, our, my last college season, I ended up having a, I had a surgery. Well, I had a surgery going into that year that caught and uh, it was supposed to be a little cleanup surgery. And I actually ended up uh, being out six months instead of two months, like I was supposed to be. So I kind of missed that whole summer. And so, um, yeah, that senior year was a little rough, a little different because I had to deal with that. And um, pretty much, you know, right when we started practice, that's kind of when I got cleared. But it was one of those situations that um, it was like, hey, we know you're still um, kind of dealing with this injury. And uh, the surgery didn't, you know, it didn't, it basically didn't work like they thought it would, you know what I mean, uh, completely. And so um, I, it was still kind of something that was nagging me. And so it was kind of one of those situations like, hey, um, you can't hurt it further. You know, what do you want to do? And I was like, it was a no brainer for me. Like if you tell me I can play, I can play. And so I knew I could still um, be good enough and still be a good contributor. I was still a really good player, even though I might not have been able to tap into everything that I had. But like I said, it was big for me to, um, you know, go out with the guys that I came in with and just be there for my brothers on, on a nightly basis. And uh, they were real big in helping me with that too. And, and um, yeah, so, so coming off of that injury, I ended up having to get another surgery the summer of 2020. And so, um, I think that kind of affected uh, what would have been my rookie season because I, I had some teams looking at me overseas. I actually did a couple of uh, G League interviews as well. But um, for me, I, I really wanted to go play in Europe. That was kind of a goal of mine. I thought it'd be really cool to just, you know, get to get to play basketball and see the world for free. You know what I mean? That, that's something that's really great. And, uh, definitely NBA and G League are, are, are some of my other goals and things that I, I might be looking at uh, or, or trying to do, you know, in the future. But um, Europe was kind of always was was where I wanted to go right out of college. Once I kind of realized, hey, obviously you're not a, a you know a draft pick guy right now at this moment. You know who who knows? Keep working. It's everybody has their own story, their own journey. You know I'm not going to completely um, rule that out. But um, yeah, Europe was kind of where I really wanted to play. I, I really wanted to go over to Europe and just kind of see the world and and, and just kind of experience basketball over there. And so. Um, coming off of my surgery, um, I think it kind of turned some teams off just because they weren't sure how healthy I was, you know what I mean? And um, so that very first year, I actually didn't even get a contract or get an opportunity to play at all. So um, it was rough. You know, it, it was it was one of those situations where you kind of kind of learn a lot about yourself and, and um, you know, see see what you're really made of. You know what I mean? So there, there were days that um, were really, really tough because uh, you know, you're, you're, you're working hard and you're doing these different things um, without a contract or without, you know, right. And that can be, that can be, um, you know, frustrating for sure, but, but it can wear on you as well. And so, um, but it was just one of those situations that I had to go through to, to, to get to where I'm at right now. And so, um, yeah, I actually ended up not playing at all that 2020, 2021 um, season, but, uh, you know, I played in some pro leagues down here in Houston, which are really competitive. You know, a lot of a lot of pros, NBA guys, um, other overseas guys and I have a couple of them around the city. So I was able to kind of stay in shape that way, along with working out and um, played in a couple of those games. And, and that was kind of, you know, I, 
I kind of joke and I kind of tell, well, that was kind of my rookie season. You know what I mean? I kind of yeah. got to play against other overseas pros and do some other things um, throughout that whole year, just to kind of stay in shape, but also, um, you know, to, to fine tune my game and keep growing and keep getting better. So when the, the opportunity came that um, I, I knew for sure that I would be ready. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it had to go through that and then ended up, you know, being blessed enough this year to, to, to get the call, to get the opportunity. And, um, you know, I, I think I did, did play well. My job, I think I, I'm spitballing. I don't know my exact stats, but, um, you know, I, I finished averaging, I think it was 35 and four. So I um, feel like I did my job and kind of showed teams that, that had questions about me that maybe are going to be looking at me for, for to, to have on our team for this upcoming season that, yeah, I, he is healthy. Um, you know, he, he'd still be a really good player, a really good player. The ankle's good. Everything's all right. So um, I'm extremely grateful to have that opportunity for sure because, like I said, it, it was tough going through that. And, you know, being completely honest, you know, I almost did retire. I almost did quit. I almost did, you know, be like, okay, um, you know, what's going to be the next thing for me, which which I feel like is coaching. But uh, that can wait a little bit because I, I feel like I got a lot of basketball left in me. Man. Yo, that's that's such a cool story, though, because I don't think a lot of people know what was going on behind the scenes. Like, the, you know, guys come and go in college basketball and then there's something you just never hear about anymore. But then, like, you see, like, oh, he is playing ball still. And, you know, that's kind of like what happened. Like, I wonder what's going on. The fact that you shared that that educates a lot of people on like, hey, this is what it was going on in his head. And the fact that you like you open up about, like, Hey, you, you almost did retire. Cause there's a lot of guys in a lot of sports that like they leave, they have this dream and ambition to like make it to the professional level and they're still grinding it out. But the reality yeah. is you've got bills to pay. You've got a life to live. There's things you got to do, but if, if you're training Absolutely. eight hours a day, you can't, it's hard to get a lot of work in and make enough Absolutely. money to live sometimes. And so people don't realize like at some point there's got to be a decision that's made. And I love the fact that you kept grinding it out, grinding it out and had a chance. So where did you play this last year? So the, the listeners know. Yeah, I was in Luxembourg, Luxembourg, um, super small country, um, right. It's right next to Belgium and France. And so, but re really small country, but, um, it was, it was pretty competitive, you know, um, like I said, a, a good opportunity for me to show that I was healthy and that, um, some of the things that I could do and I could still play at a high level. So really grateful for it. Did you notice any differences? Like a lot of people who play at the division one level, especially because of the facilities they have at, at college, then they go and play overseas in certain you know, organizations overseas, certain clubs aren't uh, necessarily the same level of even a division one college program. Did you notice any of that? Was it a, was it a tough transition going from like having all those facilities, what you were used to uh, and then playing professionally overseas and like maybe not having the same, the same right. facility type. Um, yeah. Different, different for sure. Um, but I think the biggest thing is just to, to get to the, to make it to that level, to get to that point, it's um, you know, your habits kind of got to be in order. Or, or your routine, you know, that type of deal. So, um, yeah, facilities, a lot different. But I think um, as long as you stick to your habits, you're still able to to get the proper recovery. You're still able to do the right things. And um, it can be a similar experience to you as college in terms of, like, as an individual. But, um, yeah, I mean, facilities way different. You know what I mean? I, I, I tell people all the time, well, you know, well, you know, we're not power five, but, I mean, it's some damn good basketball and, and – it's some really, really good, you know, facilities in terms of where you play at and including our own, you know, at Boise. So um, a lot different for sure. I think maybe the most people I played in front of out there um, was about 500, you know, so that's something that maybe maybe we got 500 at, on like an exhibition game or something in Boise. So um, a lot different. But like I said, for me, 
just really cool experience because, you know, there weren't as many fans, but they're still maybe just as crazy, you know what I mean? Just as wild in the stands. And so that was really cool to see. And um, yeah, just, just seeing different facilities and different, um, cause, cause the gyms, they're not all similar, but you can kind of see how they're made. And so you kind of got to see, um, you know, different kind of, you know, architecture, I guess you could say, you know, and just see how, okay, this is how they build gyms over here. And, you know, a lot of the stands will, um, kind of not be at court level or kind of be, uh, more so up high, you know, those type of things. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was really cool to see. And like I said, for me, I was just so grateful for the opportunity to just be playing again, that it was like, man, it's, it's just cool to be in this new environment, new situation. And it's something that, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, I can have this experience and get to share with other people and just kind of reminisce on. So 100%, man. And you said it earlier too, like play overseas, like play basketball, get to travel the world for free, essentially. Like, I mean, you get, you get the opportunity to make a paycheck um, and play basketball and get to see other places of the world. I mean, that's Absolutely. just, the, that's the reality of it. That's, that's Absolutely. so cool that you get to do that. And hopefully like that continues on. Now you've proven yourself, you're healthy, you're, you're, you're continuing to work, you're continuing to grind. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to continue to see Alex Hobbs playing Absolutely. at a professional level. And, uh, two questions for you to finish this one off. If you can look back so far, I mean, your journey's not done, right? But like yeah. at this point, what is the biggest life lesson that basketball itself has taught you? Yeah. Oof. Um, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's, um, there's a lot you can take from it. Um, I think for me, I would have to say adversity. Um, and, and maybe because it is so fresh my last, you know, three, four years with injury and different, but adversity I think is, is, um, it's huge. Man. And, and I mean, like I said, through adversity, you can learn a lot about yourself. You know, what situations do you grind through? What situations make you uncomfortable? What situations, um, make you fold, make you, you know what I mean? Make, maybe you have to realize like, okay, in this situation, I actually quit before, you know, I haven't handled it the way I should have. And so um, I think it's adversity for me just because um, I've had a lot of it these last couple of years. And I, like I said, I got to learn a lot about myself, which was, uh, I don't take for granted, man. I mean, I, I don't think I would change it. You know, people ask me all the time, a couple of people back home would be like, well, you know, if, if you didn't get hurt, what do you think things would be different? Da, da, da. And, you know, you know, who knows? Cause you really don't know. And that's really a bad way of thinking, you know what I mean? Cause then you, you kind of, you kind of miss, you know, they always stop and smell the roses. You know what I mean? Sometimes as athletes, we can go so fast and, um, you know, I think that's a bad way of thinking because then it, it's like, I'm taking for granted all the good things I did have. And, um, for me, you know, I was blessed enough to, to, to have a great career. And so the, the good far, far outweighs the bad for me. So, um, but adversity too, man, I think it's something that I can also take and, like you said, carry it over to the rest of my life, not just my basketball career. And so um, when things get tough, whether it's family issues, life issues, or, or maybe an issue that I'll have with my job moving forward, you know, when, when my career is over, um, I don't think there's anything that, that I won't be ready for. You know what I mean? I think basketball is, is really giving me the opportunity to, to grind through and fight through some, some really, really tough things. And so, um, yeah, I don't. I don't think uh, uh, there's anything that I, I won't be ready for, and it's because of the adversity that I experienced, you know, through through basketball. I love that man. That's an absolutely fantastic uh, response. I'm going to shout out Keyshawn Liggins here out of Idaho, adversity yeah. athletes. Keyshawn's yeah. my guy. Uh, he's going to love that response. Just I was I, I sat here, I typed it up real quick. I'm like, I got to remind remind Keyshawn tonight when I see him at basketball. To, he's got to have to listen to this on for Friday. Sure. Shout out to Keyshawn, dude. That's my guy. I'll see you in, in about a month or so, my guy. Oh, okay, okay. So we got the connections there, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, Keyshawn's my guy, too. I love him. Uh, 
Last question for you. Mother's Day is this week. So the time of this recording, Mother's Day will be coming up this this next Sunday. And I just want to ask you, you know, you've, you've mentioned a lot of teammates. We've talked about your your own father and so forth. Is there any women in your life that have had a positive influence on you? And if so, um, I wanted to give you a chance to shout them out. Yeah, yeah, a bunch, man. I mean, um, I think I can, I can go down the line. You know, um, my grandparents, both my grandmothers, um, were always super supportive growing up, um, which was which was really nice. So, um, and they kind of, you know, led the way, you know what I mean? When you, when you really think about it and, um, they're, 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 uh, you know, both of them were, were the type of people that just, um, did what they have, whatever they had to do from their family. And it, it's funny because, you know, to hear some of their stories that they had to go through at the same age that I am or, or have been, you know, growing up is just a different world that they had to live in, man. So you kind of, you kind of get a new appreciation for some of the things they had to go through and, and, and deal with. So both my grandparents for sure. Uh, my mom, uh, you know, yeah, you, I think, I think, uh, uh, she, she's amazing, man. I think she's, she's one of those people that you, you get to talking to her or you get to talking about her enough, you know, you might get emotional for sure. Yeah. She just, she's had that, that type of impact on me for sure. But like I said, always there to support, um, always there to pick me up when I'm down, you know what I mean? Um, was, was, was fortunate enough to be at a lot of games, AAU, high school, all those type of things. Um, also educate too. So another person, um, you know, not only had an impact on my life, but I got to see her have an impact on a lot of other people's lives as well, which is, which is really cool, really dope to see. So, um, yeah, shout out to, to, to my mom for sure. And then, um, and I have, a, I, have a, uh, I had a really, really good, uh, core set of friends, uh, in Boise that, that were women that kind of hung out with, like I said, guys like me, Keyshawn, Matt, DA, and just, just our kind of little, our kind of our little group. Um, so shout out to them as well. Cause, um, you know, it's funny. You always kind of need a feminine touch every now and then. They're always there to kind of keep you in check and and uh, keep you in line and just kind of maybe humble you, I guess you could say a little bit. But um, just really good friends. So so just blessed with a with a you know all around a good support support system. And, and it starts with you know my my two grand my two grandmothers and my mom. And so shout out to them for sure. I love it, brother. I appreciate you sharing that. And like, I just want to give a shout out to the the positive influences that are that are women in our lives. You know, that's it's kind of cool. And like I said, uh, the, the time of this recording, Mother's Day is going to be in a couple of days from when this launches um, on Friday. So just wanted to make sure we we give a, a proper shout out to those gotcha. that have influenced us. And You're Alex, right. I I just want to say thank you, brother. I appreciate you joining the show, taking the time out of your day to 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 talk with me and. I'm looking forward to maybe I'll meet you in person here if if you're you know I don't know one of these maybe, days but, yeah yeah maybe maybe uh, yeah if you're ever in town again back back in Boise you just hit me up let, let me know when you're here and uh, we can chat it up but in the meantime man I'll be rooting you on I know everybody else who's listening to this will be rooting you on and uh, again I just appreciate you joining the show man yeah absolutely I appreciate you having me man I appreciate all the love and um, really dope man really dope podcast too so so keep doing what you're doing man and yeah hopefully sometime. Uh, in, the, in the future, maybe this summer or something like that, we can link up and, and, and chat some more, man. So, but appreciate you having me, man. It was fun. Absolutely. For all the listeners out there, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. I'll remind you one more time. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Hopefully you enjoyed this interview. And we'll be coming to you next, next week with another one. Take care. Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.